Picture this, two guys trapped in the South Charleston Public Library. One guy loves movies, the other, well, he'd rather be watching reality TV. Can they survive each other's films? Find out on Real Opposites, a library podcast about movies. Hosted by Josh and Aaron from the South Charleston Public Library. Hey guys, and welcome back to The Real Opposites. I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And this episode, we have our special guest, Jordan. Hi. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) And we are going to be reviewing or talking about the movies that Josh picked and Jordan picked. We have Romy and Michelle's High School Reunion and Once Upon a Time in the West. So I think we're going to jump straight into Romy and Michelle. And I guess we'll start. Jordan, tell us why you chose this movie. Uh, well, I grew up with it a lot. I also love Lisa Kudrow. I knew her from Friends. So I was introduced to it that way. And when I think of like 90s comedy, that's like the first thing I think of. I think it's a perfect 90s comedy. I think it's hilarious. I've seen it so many times and I never get tired of it. I love that movie. Okay. It's a fun one to just like throw on. It is. Anytime. Yeah. Like. I've seen it, I don't know how many times. Me too. Starting from when it came out. Um, so I guess me and Jordan both love the movie. Yeah, it sounds like this it. This is your first time. It, it is. Watching the movie. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I was excited to see this because I do like 90s comedies and it seemed like something that was up my alley mm-hmm. more than most things you pick. But I don't know... Is this is it supposed to be a parody of '90s movies? No, it was just a '90s comedy on its own. Yeah. Okay. It's not a parody. I felt like it was a parody or something. There was something about it that I didn't like. It was because I felt like you know they were they were obviously playing like a a dumb person and and whatever in a way you know like valley girl type thing. Yeah, they're not like. But I felt like they overplayed that to the fact that I thought it was parodying them therefore i thought the whole movie was a parody which kind of fit i mean i think their characterizations are very big and broad but i think this there's a sincerity in their performances that makes yeah that, makes that grounded and i mean it's directed by david merkin who was a big simpsons mm-hmm. he wrote and directed a lot of simpsons episodes and it has that kind of cartoonish quality right I mean, that's kind of like what you're feeling yeah and i think i picked up on that but i that's what i thought is it was like a parody i don't it it was something about it that was like too much that i didn't like i enjoy i mean overall i enjoyed the movie i finally laughed at the end there there was a funny part didn't laugh till the end i did not laugh much wow i did not laugh much at all which i was surprised by but i think whatever i i can't even put my finger on exactly what it was that made it seem like such a parody type movie to me but Whatever that was, kind of took it away for me. Like it was, it was too big, or I, I don't know. Nope. And also that not Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, is that her regular voice? Not no, really, no. Okay, good so. because that was annoying. I her deep voice in that movie also just like ruined everything she said for me. That is nope, <laughs> nope, not at all. <laughs> I love her voice. <laughs> I don't know why. But it's such a like. I mean, it's. I mean, I think it comes back to the part of, like that's cartoony a little bit. Is like the, her voices are very exaggerated. Yeah, their valley girl, valley girl personas are very big. I think 
some of it could be I, I love 90s comedy and stuff and like Jawbreaker and, and other movies like that. But I think this one is a little more what is the word like not eccentric, but their 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 personalities are made to be bigger. Yeah, I mean, like we were saying, and I I think in other movies they don't do that, and I think that's what caught me off guard, or something. I don't know. I mean, I think it's broad in a very lovable way. So this is like the opposite of something like Tammy. Mm-hmm. That one's just. But I laughed that, through that. But that's just tirelessly mean and cruel, and like the 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 humor in that is just her being an a hole for an hour and a half. Yeah, everyone. And this is like two people that like they're funny and I root for them and I want I, I like them. I want to hang out with Romy and Michelle. God, right. And Janine Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Jane I loved her, <laughs> by the way. I love her anyways. I don't think I've seen her in a lot of things. I know she was in Mystery Man. Did you ever see Truth About Cats and Dogs? Huh. It's a cute little romantic well, comedy. I feel like I've seen parts of it. Her um, uh, Uma Thurman. I don't remember. It's a good little But like the ones I know I've seen is this one and Mystery Men. But there's something about her on-screen presence that I absolutely love. Oh, I love her. I remembered her more uh, watch the movie again, but like between the last time watching this movie this time, I remembered her more than the other, than the like two main characters basically. Yeah. Is like I just yeah, she's just arresting. Like she does a great job. Yeah. Is it about the movie that appeals to you? Uh, well, unlike him, I kind of like their personalities that they're like Valley Girls. I think yeah. it works really well with the 90s comedy. I um, also love the design aspect of them designing all their clothes and stuff. I thought that was really cool. I did really like that. Yeah. That and cool. and and the stupid post-it note thing, too. I think that is so unique and so fun. I don't know how you didn't laugh at that. <laughs> I, di- I did. Towards the end is when I started laughing. Like once the they beginning's got to the... like the best part, in my opinion. What happened in the beginning? <laughs> the whole movie. Like the plot. I don't know. What happened in the beginning? I just meant, I thought you were talking about like oh, a specific no, no, thing. Nothing is specific. Scene, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is it? Like when they're watching Pretty Woman? You know, like at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, I did. Okay, so I did like that because they're watching Pretty Woman and they're like, this movie's so dumb. And then they're like <laughs> tearing up because she finally gets to shop. I know, it's and she just, I did, I might have laughed at that. Or I might have I said, like that because huh. it's like, oh, this is really dumb, but then it can't help but like, yeah. They've but, probably seen it 80 times. They're still. But that's what I, I mean, that is the thing about this movie is, I did like it. Yeah. It just, there was something about it that I don't know exactly how to explain that just didn't make me love it. I I do think it, because I like the Valley Girl thing. That made sense and all that. It was just like they were extra and it felt too much. I I think they're supposed to be awkward. Yeah. Because they they weren't like cool girls. They were like, yeah, they were like the nerds and they're trying, they're, you know, that's what they think is cool. So that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, you know, do you? Yeah, and so they're supposed to come off a little offbeat, I think. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean that's what I'm saying. It, it was just something small. It didn't ruin the whole movie for me. Okay. Luckily, like I like it. I would probably watch it again. Yeah. Uh, I liked it enough that I would probably watch it again. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. It just there was just that little bit that seemed too much, or or maybe it was just the type of comedy would just seem too big or something for it at that point for me. I don't know. I have no idea. But like there were sometimes when a punchline would hit that I knew that was the punchline, but everything around it was just felt extra and I didn't it didn't hit for me. I will say there's only sense. one scene that I don't love 
And it's at the end whenever they finally get to their union and the whole thing plays out and then it turns out that none of it ever happened. And then they go back and do the whole thing again. <laughs> I love that. I thought it was kind of funny, but it also felt like it didn't fit in the movie. I didn't like that part. That's the only part I don't I, like. I like it I did find it kind of funny, but I think it it's almost like it just doesn't fit that movie. I don't know. It feels like it was added in. It feels yeah, yeah. that's a fair comparison. Like it feels because I mean he directed a lot of Simpsons. Yeah. So I mean that the movie has this like live action cartoon quality and like one of my favorite things is like at the end when um like I can't remember if it's uh Romy or Michelle. Wouldn't it be great if when we take off in the helicopter, like everybody comes out. Everybody comes out and like his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that happens. It's like I love that. It's just so yeah, funny. I that's what I say. I think I, I think it was just generally something about the way they wrote their personalities that there was just something that seemed out of place for me. Maybe not even extra, but just out of place. And I don't know what it was. I can't. I maybe if I watched it again, I would know. But okay. I can't like put my finger on exactly what it is. But it was just something. But like I said, the rest of the movie I enjoyed. I did think that part felt like it was part of a different movie it i don't know it just seemed kind of spliced it might have went on too long maybe that it, it is like a long dream sequence it's very long. Yeah. yeah that is true but it i is. think that's supposed to kind of like when they cut it like yeah when it goes back to reality and she wakes up just in the car she's like <laughs> thanks for waking me up right you know I, I don't know i like that like once they're at the high school reunion the comedy is ridiculous there's like re- i mean it's ridiculous stuff happening and i found it hilarious but that just like the dance scene when they're dancing there at the end. It's so awesome. It's so good. And in the car. Oh, no, the that's my favorite too. part of the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 100%. I died the whole time. <laughs> like, that is my 100% favorite part. It's just <laughs> where they would like put their hands on their hands. Yeah, it's and so. All these weird poses they were doing. It was just hilarious. My sister and I used to do an interpretive dance to that song because of this movie. That's great. And the whole song in our hallway. We're going to need you to. Uh, bring her here and perform um, that. I think I'm to, okay. <laughs> You'll have to buy a ticket to the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Might be worth it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> we don't have very good reviews. <laughs> um, okay. I'll, we can we can have a Kendall write the reviews for you. Though. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll take it. No work. <laughs> I I will also say there were parts of it just that just felt like a not as good Mean Girls. Which this movie came out first. Uh, I can kind of see that. But I mean, no. But I think, once again, it was that something in the writing that I wasn't crazy about, whatever it was, the little bit of extra or something, whatever you want to call it. Because even like the Mean Girls, they were, I don't know, they were almost too ridiculous to hate Mm -hmm. in a way. Like, you know you're not supposed to like them. The Mean Girls? And you don't really like them. Yeah. But they were yeah, almost... I mean, they're very cartoony. Yeah. We'll just go with that. Maybe that's what I didn't mm-hmm. like is the cartoony. The cartoony part of them kind of took away from them being the Mean Girls Yeah, for me, if that makes sense. Okay. That's fair. What I thought was interesting, I don't know if it was on purpose or not, is whenever they do the flashback segments and they're all clearly like 35 and they're supposed to be like 17. <laughs> I love that. I don't know if that's on purpose or if it's like a Grease type thing where everybody's clearly really old and right. they just don't want you to think that they're old. I think they're like they're in on the joke. I think that's part yeah. of the appeal of the movie. Is that's the what movie, I'm thinking The movie's too. in on the joke, mm-hmm. yeah. what it is. And it, it doesn't or like explicitly break the fourth wall much, but 
There's a there's a little wink. Yeah. In every in everything. You mean like how this movie's technically part of the Tarantino verse? Yeah, because they were not Tarantino. Was it Big movie? Kahuna Burger? It's Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah. Because he's dating Mia Sorbino at this time, mm -hmm. and so like. The way that Tarantino ties together a lot of his films so they're in the same universe as each other is there's a burger restaurant called Big Kahuna Burger. Oh, okay. From Pulp Fiction. And from Pulp Fiction. It's it's in, like, a lot of his films. It's in Reservoir Dogs. Um, Red Apple Cigarettes yeah. are in just about every oh, okay. all movies. And so both of those are in this movie, even though he didn't direct it or wasn't. So it's, like, a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge to, you know... Yeah. Why, why would this movie be part of like the Tarantino that is universe? Because it doesn't fit, you know. But it's kind of like I don't know. Huh. I kind of want to see Romy and Michelle hook up with like Jules and Vincent and like have a oh and death or a, a like big you know, adventure. They could join up. <laughs> nah, that's something I'd. They probably could join watch. up with the Death Proof Girls and just oh, that would be on their road trip. Can you imagine them? That's true. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> see Romy on the hood of the car. <laughs> that's what I was picturing awesome. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of, um, oh God. Zoe Bell. Zoe Bell, yeah. That'd be great. That is funny. That's what I say. I mean, their characters, it's not that they're written horribly or anything. Like, I, I think they hit the mark on the Valley Girl thing. Um, it's just maybe the cartoonish part mm -hmm. of the the movie that threw me off a little bit. I would but, like, I would but like is to talk Tammy about not the... cartoonish? I mean, in an unfunny way, but. Like Tammy, is that not ridiculous and cartoony? I don't know that I would say cartoony. I think it's beyond cartoony. Yeah, it's great. I didn't mean that in a good way. Great. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I do so wish I would have had you watch The Heat instead. I like. I mean, the Heat. I okay. love Sandra Bullock. I've seen The Heat. I know. And Tammy's more punishment. That's true. Made for better podcasts. That's but like I said, I think overall, I enjoyed the movie. Okay. And overall, I, I do think we'll go back and watch it again at some point, nice. even if I just throw it on as background or something like that. Okay. And maybe the, maybe the parts that, that kind of threw me off wouldn't throw me off the second time around. I, I think it's one of those things where I've done with other movies that you've recommended. I go in not knowing something about it, and that something just throws me off for the whole movie. But if I had known ahead of time, they were kind of, it was a little more outlandish than a normal, because I feel like it's a little more over the top than a lot of your 90s comedies. Mm -hmm. 90s comedies are over the top as is, but I feel like this one was like a step above of on the outlandishness. And I think it was something that like, if I knew that going in, it wouldn't have been a surprise and it wouldn't have taken away from it as much, if that makes sense. I've said if so that makes issues, sense a lot. So the issues are your expectations. Probably. Not the movie itself. Yeah. Yeah. Can, can we talk? That's why I said probably if I watched it again. Yeah. <laughs> can we talk about like the maximalist fashion of the 90s? I love and it. how like crazy their like Barbie dream house outfits are that they're, they're wearing. Awesome. The one at the end is so cute. I would wear that. I fully would wear that. They're <laughs> nonsense. They're awesome, but they're a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's meant to be that way in the movie for sure. It reminds uh, me a lot of like thirteen going on thirty, when she like yeah. makes the dress with hers are crazy. The, like, color, yes, like all of her outfits That's are crazy true. too. Where it like feels That's like someone movie. who is not quite an adult has been transplanted into an adult's body. Right, That's and what I, their outfits reminded me of too. It's like 
there. And I felt like that's kind of what Remy and Michelle mm-hmm. was as well. They obviously got older, mm-hmm. but they were still in spirit, Whoa. the same as they were in high school. And I think that was funny as well. And there's like a darker undercurrent here where the trauma they experience in high school is like oh right them, kept them that way left them kind of still in that mindset of like a 17 year old right their taste nothing's really changed for them yeah and I, I think that could have been actually part of what they were doing with that movie because it does fit like the whole movie because it's like they kind of well, grow yeah. up yeah i mean that's part of the appeal is like they they go to go to the reunion and the reunion is kind of a catharsis for them right they see how you know, the boy she had a crush on is really just a drunk who cheats on his wife. And, yeah. you know, well, I guess Lucy Cooter did okay because Alan Cummings, like, super rich and <laughs> has a helicopter. So Yeah, that's true. But, like, you know, like, just seeing the people that traumatize them are kind of stuck in their little bubble. They never right. left or whatever. And they're kind and of... That, and that's kind of when they grow up. Yeah. And they learn to really embrace who they are. Right. And that's all. I love their fashion and everything. It's really cute. Yeah. And it's like, that's them. You know? And I love their little... A little shop at the end. It's really sweet. That's what I mean. Like the movie's yeah. just really sweet. Like, yeah, it is. It's yeah. just very endearing. And like, I was like, "Hey, you want to throw on Romeo and Michelle?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was surprised. It it didn't strike me as something that you would like. No, I like I like comedies. Yeah, They're just not good. Tammy. Just not Tammy. Just not like <laughs> you also like teen movies that are good. Yeah. I like a good teen movie. Thirteen going on thirty was good. Thirteen, 13 going on thirty is, is good. good. We haven't done yeah. it. Yeah, it's not one we did for. Oh, like I that. didn't mean that. I meant. 13, 17 again. That's not good. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> 13 going on 30 has... 13 going on 30 so is good. 13 going on 30 is a better version of that movie because they're both like time trap, like, you know... I guess that's true. Body swap yeah. or whatever. But like, I mean, 32... I mean, I don't know. Jennifer Garner and Mark, Ruff- Mark Ruffalo are cute together. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It's I, there's no movie. arguing with I that. Could, that's a, amazing I could movie. care about Matthew Perry and... Zach Efron. Yeah, whatever, I guess that's true. Whatever else happened. I couldn't even <laughs> tell you how many times I've seen 13 going on 30. I couldn't either. A lot. So uh, this seems to be like a comfort movie. What are some other, like for you guys, what are some like, Ash Jordan also, since you recommended this one, what are some of your, oh, I am sick and I don't feel good and I want to put up just a movie that I don't have to like think about, but just to like comfort me. My, <laughs> this is not a comforting movie at all, but it's my comfort movie is Mommy Dearest. Okay. I love that movie. <laughs> That's a good one. It's That's a, great. a good one. Yeah. I mean, if I'm sick or or like sad or something, mine scream. Mm-hmm. So okay, that makes sense. I yeah, throw but that on or Twister. It's charming moments that aren't like as right. You know. Speaking of scream, apparently the red blouse that Lisa Kudrow wore when she went into the Bargamar is the same one that Courtney Cox wore at the end of Scream. Oh wow! Huh. A lot of our movies have tied maybe back to Scream were, lately. They well, they're both Miramax movies. Maybe. Oh, that's true. They both came out the same year. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. I guess that's true. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. Mine are uh, like comfort movies are probably like RoboCop or Pulp Fiction stuff like that. Pulp Fiction, hangout movies like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Movies I can just kind of hang out with a couple characters hang for a few out hours. Yeah, which we I'm going to pick for you at some point. But yeah, mine is A Knight's Tale. That's a good one. Every time, mm. every time. I don't know what that is. It's great. <laughs> It sounds horrible. It's it's like a medieval movie with with modern rock, with a rock soundtrack, like rock soundtrack, like Heath they Ledger. do. We will rock you by Queen in the like in the opening. You know who did "We Will Rock You" by Queen? It's my favorite. What? Britney Spears yeah. and P 
Pink and Beyonce. Oh, I bet that's great. What's for Pepsi? Yeah, it's a Pepsi commercial. Oh, I, don't, I don't know if I've, I, oh, I have seen that. The, it's the yeah, is that the not the like Gladiator commercial? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't worry, you'll watch it at some point. What happened? Anyway, I'd like to moving forward. Oh, uh, Romy and Michelle. Uh, so I like I said, my favorite part is the dance sequence. Absolutely, um, hands down. What is like your favorite scenes? Either of you, both of you. I like the beginning when they're getting ready for the reunion. Like they're trying to lose weight, and like she has to do a favor to borrow the car or like when she's in the club and the guy's talking to her and she's like, Oh, I have to go this way. My shoes filling up with blood. And then she, oh, just, yeah. and then she just limps <laughs> okay, so away. Maybe I did laugh throughout the movie more than I thought I did so because that was there. funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is like worse than I need to stay in to wash my hair. Like yeah. there's blood filling up my pumps. Like I gotta go. <laughs> I, I don't know. I love them getting their little shop at the end. Yeah. yeah, it's really sweet. Yes. I love all the. I like all the flashbacks. I, I think it's really cute how the Janine Garofalo thing with, um, oh, what's her name, where she tells her to, f off. Oh yeah, <laughs> Heather Mooney. Heather Mooney. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love all that. Which was kind of like a neat little full circle thing too, because she's, you know, through the movie she's so angry because she, has always felt like somebody was picking on her yeah. or made her feel bad. Yeah. And then she finds out that Romy, she thought Romy and Michelle were like super cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were picked on. And then she found out that she picked on somebody and it just like made her and I love, life. Yeah. I love that with the cowboy guy where yeah. he's just like, yeah, he's got a stutter. Like when she actually talks to him, he's like, he's got a stutter and he's like, Oh, yeah. like he's intimidated and scared by her, right? Mm-hmm. You know, God, I that's the like, whole reason he there's didn't. There's like I don't know. There's real, well, yeah. Who wouldn't? Movies yeah. goofy and cartoony, but there are real, like I feel like they operate in a real way, like yeah. how they're how they're interacting and how they feel. They operate on like your real, real, real on a real level, and it's like kind of grounds the lunacy of the whole thing. Well, I think you leave high school and you like retrospectively realize a lot of things. Like you oh, yeah. realize, like you know, you realize some of your bad decisions and some of your good decisions, and then also like in care about the things I like, you know, was worried about as much as I thought that they did, yeah. or or they did, or yeah, <laughs> or I had these interactions because of a totally different reason than right. I thought that, like her and the guy. It's like. You know, she thinks he's like a mean person. Like mean. Yeah. And he really just he really is just like anxious around her because he, you know, is intimidated and right. it's like, you know, that's a Well, he's like the loner, like he doesn't feel like he fits in anywhere. So Yeah. He sees her, she's kind of the same thing. Like she's always out smoking alone and Right. You know, I don't know. I think it's really sweet. And this yeah. is like something that Tammy doesn't have. There's kind that of sweet like part. No, it's not. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. Yes, stop. when she calls her fat, and then it's so sad, and then she apologizes, God. and then she almost dies, but she doesn't die. Such a good scene. Josh wishes that she would have died, so the movie could have ended. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> or had some stakes, either or yeah, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I will say, and I know I've said this about other movies that we've done. You know, maybe I'd like it better if I went back and watched it, or maybe I'll have to watch that again. But I think this is one that I will actually watch again and and see. I'm I'm kind of curious if I will feel the same way the second time because I I think maybe I won't think, now that I know what I'm going into. Yeah, I think you'll like it more. I mean, like I, as I was watching it, only like several times, it was like, "There's no way he doesn't like this movie." Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I did like, that, like it. Yeah, I just didn't love it, but. Yeah. 
Well, you'll learn to love it. I hope so. Her voice really gets on my nerves, though. I don't know why. Well, you're wrong, but it's okay. Just a little wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it won't the second time around. Maybe I'll just have to update you next podcast. I'll have to watch the movie again. Listen to the next podcast. I'm trying to think about like, what's Michelle weird again. about her voice. <laughs> as I what talk about it again. What is it I'm trying me? to think about what's weird about Mira Sorvino's voice. Like, that it's like this. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. just like she's, there's, she's she just delivering has a deep voice. These, but it feels. That's why I asked if that was her real voice because it feels so. I, mean, I think she kind of has like a little bit of it. I mean, it's definitely a voice she's putting on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for she sure. does kind of tend to have a little bit. I, of a, I a felt bit like it voice. was something that took away from the movie because it felt so put on. Mm-hmm. If that may, if you know what I'm I saying, think that like informs her character. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the way she, okay. her voice. Kinda... Well, maybe in the second watch, it won't bother me. Yeah. It's definitely something you don't have to pay full attention to, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Like you the can movie. leave it and pick up later, and right, just the movie. Yeah, the movie hole. Yeah, kind of what's going on. I like movies like that. Where you can just leave and be like, it's come definitely back like, and like a like, I know like you know, yeah, throw on and have a few laughs and. Makes me want to go get a businesswoman special for lunch after I leave here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love their whole. The thing woman about just looked at them. <laughs> like they like we're going to be we're just going to show up and be businesswomen, and then but they didn't know someone, what kind of business yeah. Someone's yeah. just like, so what's your business? And they're like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like how after like poster? saying you own your own business. And instead of just making up a random business, they choose to be inventors. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> of post-it notes. That's well, going to really impress them. Yeah. Post-it, post-it notes. notes. Reinvent like, the post-it. And that, that's, uh, that was funny because also that's not what you would pick if you're trying to impress people. No. That's I mean, what they would pick. I invented post-it notes. Well, because who knows who invented post-it notes? Yeah. I well, also, well, clearly somebody Janine did. Garofalo does. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's one of those like convenient like Hollywood like here's some nonsense where someone could be rich but not well known for being rich. Yeah. Because like Maid of Honor has a similar thing where he invented the coffee collars, mm-hmm. little sleeves you put your coffee into. What's something that they people use all the time so right. you'd be obscenely rich off of, but like yeah, that, no uh, one's I mean, gonna know your name. Which by the way, post it notes were invented at three M by a scientist who was looking for a non-permanent sticky substance he could use to bookmark pages in a church hymnal. That's interesting. Did you know that whiteout is invented by the mother of one of the monkeys? Wow. Like the band The Monkeys? Oh. I was thinking like an actual <laughs> monkey. Yeah. I was like, a monkey invented that? That's what I was thinking <laughs> no. too. The, the Monkeys, wow. the band. I think, it's, I think it's the lead singer. His mom invented whiteout. It's weird. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That is interesting. So have any of you gone to your high school reunions? I or you're too young. Well, yeah, I'm too young. <laughs> Let's say he graduated last year. I'm I think our last tenure year. was supposed <laughs> our tenure was supposed to be last year, but I think with COVID, we've just all unilaterally decided we're not doing that. Yeah. And no one's ever going back to Clover. <laughs> like, we we had our tenure, but one, I wasn't in a place in life where I wanted to like go be around the people that I didn't like back then. Not that it, I mean, so you didn't want to create a fake business. Yeah, like I, I didn't. A, I wasn't at the place in life like where I felt like pink miniskirt. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I <laughs> wasn't feathers. yet. I wasn't, wasn't even at yet. like Romy and Michelle status. Well, there's always your twentieth. Oh. <laughs> if we have one, we didn't have a fifteenth. But also, they they had our tenth reunion at the ballpark. You know, mm-hmm. what's now Gomart Park? Uh, is it really Gomart Park? Yeah, it sure is. Gomart Ballpark, like the down downtown Dirty mm-hmm. Birds. Yeah. 
Go-Mart. Let's go downtown and see the Dirty Birds at Go-Mart Park. It's not Park. Power Park anymore? No. It's the Go-Mart field. Yeah. Oh, my God. What? But anyways. That's gotten progressively more redneck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. So they had it there, and they had it on the party deck, and it was like 30 or $40 to go uh-uh. to like hang out uh-uh. in the heat. Uh-uh. I was like, so no. all that aside, I already didn't want to go. And then I I feel like I need I need my Romy and Michelle moment. Because uh, high school wasn't like the best. Yeah. So I need that when I go back and I just wasn't there. And also not doing it in the heat. So hopefully we'll have a 20 and hopefully I'll be in ready for that. Did you go to yours? Nope. No? No Romy and Michelle moment? No Romy and Michelle moment. Uh, maybe I didn't one really like, hate high school though. I, I didn't. I mean, it was okay. Like I didn't hate high school. There were a lot of good things from high school, but there were a lot of bad things for me. So high school was fine. I just had no interest. Like yeah, a few people I liked. Okay. Now I will say I like a lot of people from even like some of the people I didn't know real well. I liked a lot of my class that I graduated with. Like yeah. we were a pretty good class, I think. So I'm I will eventually go. I'd rather swallow a denim jacket than go back. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super painful, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. So you don't plan on going to any Absolutely of your? Absolutely not. Especially, okay. I'm not paying. At no. Yeah. No. I don't know that you always had to pay. I don't. Know I how think that you works. do because the people that pay for it usually are the ones that fund. Oh, it. that's true. Yeah. So if you were to do a Romeo and Michelle and go to a high school reunion and make up what you did for a living, <laughs> what would you make up? Oh man. I work as a sound designer for Hollywood films. There you go. That would be. I would probably just tell them I'm a freelance writer. Okay. Because that's I, that's what I was like headed towards when I was in high school and that I did that kind of stuff while in high school mm-hmm. and there'd really be no way to disprove that. Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm a freestyle dance instructor. Mm. There you go. Even though I nice. can't dance or, <laughs> or Well, that's why it's freestyle or anything artistic. Freestyle. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what I got up my sleeve. I think it would have to be one of those things where... Jordan's very mysterious. Mm-hmm. I'm um, about to bust a move right now in this little <laughs> office. Go ahead. Do it. I- I'm good. Oh, <laughs> my I'm going to end up with concussions. <laughs> <laughs> I do think... Uh, th- that's the thing with... I don't know. I feel like Post-it Notes, it would be... Maybe it wouldn't be obvious, but it... I don't know, but I feel like something like what we've said, freelance writer or like a dancer or sound person... it's not like you could easily disprove that right then. I would go with astronaut. Oh. Name an astronaut in the last, like, five years. Any of them. Do you know any? No, but I feel like if they went to my school at one point, I would know them. It's that kind of thing. I don't think so. Yeah, they would have, like, a plaque on it. Yeah. in a my school would not like, an astronaut that's been to space necessarily. Oh, just but like, like one that's like, in training and can't make it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I would like, like I work at NASA, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But you would I'm, have to I'm, be. I'm slotted to go to to Mars whenever the Mars <laughs> the Mars mission happens. There you go. That's what you said. There you go. Yeah. Well, because at NASA, you could always be like, when they're like, well, what do you do? What do you work on? Well, that's actually classified. It's confidential. Uh, yeah, it's confidential. Yeah, it's not really something I can talk about, but I do enjoy my job sure. there. Well, so that was what I was going to go into with uh, geology is planetary uh, sedimentology. That would have been cool. That would have been real cool. Some days I'm sad about Space. It. Now you run a podcast. Now I run a podcast. That life. <laughs> it's fine. Different kinds of success. Be looking at dust from Mars, but now it's... Dust 
I don't know. <laughs> Dust on books. Dust from Mars is super exciting. Mm. <laughs> I'm just like gonna state that for yeah record. Yeah. You could you could learn so much from dust. You could go study the dust on our books. No, thank you. Mm. Probably could learn a lot from that too. People sediments weird. Ugh. Yeah, people, people <laughs> said it. Oh. Say, it's just skin, mostly. Yeah, <laughs> most things are just skin cells. Okay, <laughs> that's right. gross. So, Romy and Michelle, everyone enjoyed. Yeah, yeah I enjoyed think, it. Yeah. I think, I think overall, I, I do plan on rewatching it and reporting back on the podcast at some point. I appreciate that. If mm. I like it more, it's great. There's lots of little jokes in there that you can miss. And and that might be it, too. Maybe I miss things that... there. Are, yeah, because there are, like... It is, like, Simpsons in a way. Like, there's a bunch of little jokes in the background or little nods here and there. Yeah, I definitely want to rewatch it. Like but the, overall, the I think it was... that Ramon is watching. Like, he's watching an episode of Simpsons. Mm-hmm. David Merkin wrote that. Oh. I think overall, it was a good pick for the podcast. So, thanks for that, Jordan. You're welcome. Good start. Yeah. So... I guess that kind of brings us to the end of Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Uh, we're going to go to some announcements from the library, and then we'll be back to talk about Once Upon a Time in the West. Obi here uh, with the adult services announcements for the library. We have a whole bunch going on because it's June and summer reading is upon us. So if you've not signed up for our summer library program or summer reading program, come on by the library and sign up for that. But for events this month, obviously, if you're listening to this, it is the first and we've released a new episode of the Real Opposites podcast. Our next episode is going to come out uh, June 15th. Now, June 2nd, we have our first meeting of the Cryptic Coloring Club. The that will have two meetings this summer. Um, but this first one, just come on by. We have coloring sheets. This is an adult program, but just come by, relax and color with us and enjoy some cryptid fun facts. Then on Monday, June 5th, we have our f- first welcome meeting for our book club. If you want to participate in the book club this summer, you need to come to the welcome meeting. Uh, we will have snacks and tea and we will be meeting the 5th at 6 p.m. Then Friday, June 9th, we will have our Whimsical Watercolors with Joanne Jacobs starting at 5 p.m. Saturday, June 10th, we will have the South Charleston Interpretive Center tours at 11 and 1.30. So come on by the library and then we'll send you across um, to the Interpretive Center for your tours. Closed for Juneteenth and West Virginia Day. But the first day back, um, June 21st, our Bigfoot um, researchers are coming in. So we will have In the Shadow of the Big Red Eye with producer and lead investigator Mike Familiat um, at 7 p.m. here at the library. And then the last thing that we have in June is on the 26th, we will have our first book reading meeting of the book club where we will be discussing the devil all the time. But remember, if you want to participate in book club, we do need you to come to that meeting on the 5th. All right, I'm going to pass it on over to Kendall where she will have lots of announcements about youth and what they're doing this summer in outer space. Hey everyone, Kendall here. And we are so excited to be going out of this world this summer for our reading program entitled the SCPL Reading Rocket. Uh, So starting, Uh, Next week, on Tuesday the 6th, we'll start having weekly programs for different age groups every week. Tuesday is for school-age kids, so these are kindergartners through fifth graders, and we have programs at 10.30 and again at 6.30. And these are identical programs, but um, we just want to offer them at different times of the day for different family schedules. We have our teen program uh, starting on Wednesday, June the 7th. 
that runs from 3 to 5 p.m. and is open to teens in grades 6 through 12. And then on Thursdays, starting Thursday, June 8th, we have our early literacy program. So this is perfect for kiddos from birth through age four or five, perfect for toddlers, preschoolers, and those programs will be at 10.30 and again at 3.30. Uh, so like I said, those will be every week. Um, during the summer on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. With a few exceptions, as Toby mentioned, the library is closed on June 19th for Juneteenth, and then again on June 20th in honor of West Virginia Day. Uh, so that week we will not be having regular programs, but instead, um, on that Friday, June the 23rd, Starting at 3, we're going to show the movie Wally, a personal favorite, and we'll also have um, some crafts that kids can work on, popcorn and juice, and that'll also be an opportunity for kids to bring in recycled robots, which would be robots they've made out of materials they found around the house to add to our robot display. So that is a quick uh, overview of all of our youth programs for the month of June, but if you are interested, I strongly encourage you to check out our Facebook page and or our website for more more details um, or you can pick up a hard copy of the calendar here at the SCPL circulation desk but without further ado I'll pass it back to Miss Toby thanks so much for listening all right guys and we're gonna send you back to the show all right we're back from those announcements and we're gonna jump straight into Josh's pick this time once upon a time in the West a Sergio Leone film Leone Leone okay it's well, a spaghetti just, western. You know I don't know what that means. It's Italian. It's, oh, okay. It's a western directed, like, set in the American West directed by Italians. There, there were a lot of them. <laughs> they a lot called of them. them spaghetti westerns? They westerns? called them spaghetti westerns. Seems... It's a whole genre. That, There's a uh, whole genre. Started in the I, I don't like the names of some of these genres of movies. but Yeah, they're kind of questionable, but that's how we bit. live. <laughs> I mean, actually, this one was the first one to be shot in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Okay. So with, with a... Largely, I mean, like American stars. Like, mm -hmm. uh, so he had, Leone had made the Man With No Name films before this with Clint Eastwood. But Clint Eastwood was really, and Lee Van Cleef were like the only two like really and stars. But right. when they started, Clint Eastwood was nobody. He was just on like Rawhide on TV. So people only really knew him from that. And, like some little bit parts here and there. I believe I've seen Rawhide before, parts of it. So now that we have a little history, tell us why you chose it for us. Uh, so I chose Once Upon a Time in the West. To murder me? No, you won't expect that when it happens. Oh. Okay. <laughs> schnicker, schnicker. Uh, I chose Once Upon a Time in the West because I want to expose you to new and different things that are artistically, you know, exuberant. Hmm. And Those are big words. I uh, I could have told you I've seen westerns before, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you have. I mean, everyone's probably seen at least. Oh, something. okay. Um, that's that's not that's that's not what he means. Like, oh, I know. It's it's. I mean, it has style for yeah. days. Yeah, I mean, like, so this is it's my number eight movie of all time. Mm -hmm. um, it's have we like filled out that list yet? Not yet. There's still more. There's a couple it? that we've done. Okay. Oof. No one, like Leone, maybe and a few other people, maybe Hitchcock and De Palma, really used cinema to its full extent. Framing the way the camera moves, the music, like the way he cuts from stream close-up to 
a ultra wide shot and you know like at the end when harmonica and henry fonda who is jane fonda's father thank you <laughs> not cousin <laughs> oh wait they are actually related yes oh my God. i, I was thought co- you made that joke last I time i did but then oh. i found out later that they actually are related <laughs> oh i thought we were just expanding on the joke yeah, he said that like a couple weeks ago and i was like I laughed, but then he was like, oh, I found out they're actually our father. He said it on the podcast last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I said they were first cousins. He said they were first cousins. That's what I'm saying. I thought thought, like we were just expanding on that joke. (laughs) Okay, Um, so it's her father. His father. Yeah. Whose father? Jane Jane Fonda's Fonda's father. father. Yeah. Henry Fonda. And he can say, Leone can say more in one cut than three pages of dialogue could ever say about. And like, that's the thing with film is that if you're going to make a film, make a film. Like, don't Mm. make a stage play or make something, you know, really go for it and understand the medium and utilize everything you can to tell your story in a cinematic way. And nobody really did that the way he did. And you feel his stamp on every single line and cut and piece of music. And, like, the opening 10 minutes are just... Long? Incredible. Oh. Yeah. That, that's so where I point, was going to. So I know you're going to hate this movie. So I'm just going to go jump in because I've already kind of come up with a rebuttal that you're going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll let I'm I'll, okay. No, I'll let you. Uh, it's I love the movie to death. Whoever wants to go first, Jordan. Why don't you tell us? Did you watch it? I did. Okay. This movie was not something I would particularly watch for myself it was an old maiden type of movie what does that mean i'm just kidding however i will say that it was not my favorite thing (laughs) but i did appreciate a bunch of parts of it i thought it was very artsy i expected it to be um something that my grandparents watch which they probably do but i did kind of appreciate the fact that it didn't really um romanticize the West like most movies do how they kind of gloss over like like the treatment of like the native people mm-hmm. and things like that I do like how they kind of broke that apart I did not expect it to do that yeah so spaghetti westerns really like that's <sighs> it's an unbiased uh, point of view of an American movie because yeah, yeah. exactly because it's yeah you, for so long like westerns were like the default those were like the superhero movies of their day. Like oh, those yeah, were the money for sure. makers. Those were there was tons of them would come out every year. But aside from like you'd have some really like high noon or Shane every like every few mm. years. A lot of them were very humdrum, kind of by the numbers. And they never really depicted like how dirty and hard the life mm-hmm. was. And right. it took like spaghetti westerns in the sixties to really show these like sun baked faces yes. that are just like you can feel the Warm. years of wear on them. I could feel the skin cancer for me. Too. Like, yeah. I was like, it can't be healthy to be this and tan. Like, did Charles Bronson die from skin cancer? Like, what is... It's, and just to, yeah. like, how brutal life was, you know. And, like, he juxtaposes that with the beauty of Morricone's score and the wailing voice of the woman. And, like, it's just incredible. I, yeah. I know, but I... But just, you know, it's a little history. Like, so, like, the spaghetti westerns are really what shaped how we viewed that time period i feel like more than anything because i mean those feel more authentic 
mm-hmm. than so many of the westerns that came before. Because I yeah. feel like what they're wearing, how dirty everything is, dust flying. Yes. It just feels like, yeah, that's that's probably what it felt like. The, the director's vision is very much anti-romantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, and I think it did do that uh, in the fact that it just seemed like a realistic view of that time period and how things were. And, and you also get that in the end, it's kind of like the guys know that moving into the modern world, they're almost out of place or their time's running out at, yeah. as the way the world is going yes. at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there were definitely some subject matters that went through very well in this movie. But, man, <laughs> it was, I mean, it was it was nicely shot. I will give it that. I like Charles Bronson. I know him from Death Wish 1 through 5. And I, I, I feel like he was a really good actor. I, don't... I think he was a better actor than he was given credit for. And I feel like, like when he's given good material like this. Mm-hmm. There's a couple other movies he made, like Mr. Majestic, The Mechanic's really good, Rider's, Rider on the Rain. I need to watch more. He's um, so but he good had, for this. Like yeah. his, his eyes are just like, his stare's so that, steely. That's like, his face. Like, it's just like, yeah. that's a Leone face. Yeah. Like, and, and Clint Eastwood's kind of like, Clint Eastwood's kind of pretty. Right. Like he's very handsome. The rugged, right. handsome. He's, hand, he's yeah. rugged, but he's handsome. And Charles Bronson, not, he's very rugged. And like yeah. the way his face is shaped and the wrinkles, like it just like... Well, I also think Charles Bronson went oh, through yeah. some stuff as a younger man. Like, he was born in, like, extreme poverty and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, I think he has a little, like, there is age to his face that isn't age in this right. movie. It's you know what where, I mean? And it yeah. just it is kind of, real. it feels real. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised because I've only ever seen, like, one of the Death Wish movies. And I don't think I've ever seen Charles Bronson in anything else. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he, I thought he did a great like yeah. he's a really good leading man for a western. He yeah. carries it well, and that was kind of funny. And now I understand why my neighbor's dog is named Bronson. Yeah, because he has like this super blue, like piercing eyes oh, and yeah, a grumpy yeah. face. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Like that's adorable. <laughs> I now that get is. it. Like <laughs> I, I do only know Bronson from all the death wishes. Yeah. But I think even in those, I mean, they're ridiculous in the writings, whatever, and they're all the same. But yeah. I think even in those, like we're talking about his face, like he still was a a physical actor in a sense. Yeah, and he has a screen uh, presence. That, like even in that, he had that screen presence. Well, there's a really good one called Hard Times. It was Walter Hill's first movie. And Is he, it a Western? It's set during the Depression era. Okay. Kind of underground boxer. Mm-hmm. But you definitely see like his physicality and screen presence come through there. In that film, really well. Yeah, I, I just think he's good. So I did enjoy seeing him as Harmonica. Yeah. I think for me, I'm trying to word this so it doesn't just sound like I'm just trying to rip your movie. But I think for me, it's, and I know it's part of the art of it. And I know you version of cinema is, you know, make like you were saying, make a movie. You need these aspects. I feel like all the shots without dialogue is what takes me out of the movie. But that's because I think it's because of my ADHD. I can't I don't have anything to pay attention to. I mean, I can't sit for 8 minutes and watch someone crack their knuckles and someone like do something else when they're getting ready up, to have like suspense. a showdown and things like that. That's suspense. It's like you're listening you're listening to the water drip and, yeah. the, and the fly buzzing around his face. Yes. Right. Cracking their knuckles, they're sitting like they're you know, he's kind of taunting the the railway. Right. Worker. 
It's like it's building up, and you're like, I don't know, where's this? It's kind of like how they would open every Breaking Bad episode. It's definitely very inspired by like that opening from Once Upon a Time in the West, because it would be some innocuous little thing hmm. that would come back later, but it would kind of focus away from, like, what's this? And then it would kind of lead in. And, I mean, I think that's just, it's just great filmmaking where you are building suspense just out of sounds and images yeah. Yeah. and movement. I think it also revealed a lot about the characters, too. Yeah. The the complete silence. It's like, because literally nothing was happening at all, but they still found a way to find conflict in something. Like how he was getting dripped on by the water, but instead of, like, moving, he puts his hat on and, like, almost, like, dares it to keep doing it, and then he drinks it. Yeah. And same with the fly on his face. Fly buzzing that he gets gets, uh, stuck in his, uh, captures it in his gun. Yeah. You know. I mean, I'm not saying, and that's, I get it. I get that it's building suspense. It just, for me, it's one of those things that I just have, and this is why I don't watch movies. It's one of those things that I just can't pay attention to enough to care or to feel the suspense that I know they're building. Let's say you're reading a book. Hmm. Okay. Good luck. Listening to a book. (laughs) Good Um, luck even with that sometimes, but yes. So you come across a phrase or sentence or paragraph, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, like, are you, like, thinking about, why did they use this word? Why did they write it this way? Look at how this is, how it's constructed. It's the same way how you watch a movie. Why is this edit here? Why is this shot moving this way? Why is this actor moving this way? What is, you know, like, why I is don't do that with books either, though. I don't. So you're just consuming? Yeah. Okay. I'm consuming for entertainment. And I think in that sense, I mean, there are books that I have read that way or things like, I mean, where where I used to write and and so yeah. there are things like that that I've done but I mean on a normal basis I'm just a a consumer okay. I do consume it for entertainment and I think that's where I didn't mean it to come off like mean or anything No I didn't think okay. it was No I'm okay. no I think you're right okay. that's exactly right I am someone that just consumes it for an entertainment purpose only yeah. I don't look beyond that Okay and I think that's where sometimes I do miss a lot in movies, and we figured that out. Like, what's that one that I don't like? Mulholland Drive? Yeah. Like, the whole thing was a dream. Not once did I know that until maybe the end, <laughs> when there was, like, some weird fog. I need fog to know it's a dream. Romeo and Michelle. Yes. I knew that that was, she was dreaming because there was fog in every scene. I didn't know that the first time I watched it. It might not have been, like, full-on fog, but there was, like, a... A, a density blur of some sort. That makes sense. Like for someone like me, just, and that's that's what I always say when we're talking about movies. Yeah. I'm someone that casually watches or consumes, I think is a great way to put it. So I don't a lot of times look past that. And, and in that sense where I'm only consuming it for entertainment and I have ADHD, it does have to be something that catches my attention and keeps my attention. Okay. And that's why sometimes with like the long intros, I can't stand them unless it's really building the story. Like I said, with the suspense part, I knew they were building suspense, but it took me out of the movie enough that I didn't feel that suspense. When, when I was watching the intro, I was like, oh. Aaron's going to hate this. I was like, he is already checked out. We were like one minute in and I was like, this is beautiful. Like, it's very well done. Like, I, it was not the right day for me to watch this movie, but I, I do like the movie. It was just a hassle of attention to like keep in yeah. it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did really like it. 
just from the intro when the guy's like crack his knuckles and the guy's like blowing the and there's like no sound. Yeah. I was like, oh no. Yeah, that was, <laughs> was I'm like, not gonna lie, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean that thing, real rough. <laughs> but I love the payoff of that, right? Is it's just this like right. really low key standoff that ends up happening where he's mm. like, You bring a horse for me. And they're like, oh, it looks like we're one short. And he's like, now nah, you brought two too many. And then shoots all three of them. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> see that coming. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's over before you know it. And yeah. It's like yeah. a sudden it's burst. <laughs> suspense, suspense, sudden burst of violence. Right. And that's, Which I liked that, a sudden burst of violence. I feel like the strength oh, of the Western nice. is is good one-liners. Oh, and exactly. this movie has great one Because he harmonica doesn't talk much. No. He mostly plays the harmonica to yeah. in, indicate his feelings, which is a neat plot device, yeah. especially like at the end when he's like, and like, yeah, you know, yeah, he with falls the, over with it in his mouth and yeah, oh my god, yeah, that ending. I was showing Travis like the the last standoff between mm-hmm. harmonica and um, Henry Fonda, and I was like, this is nine minutes long. He's like, oh, here, Ern's gonna hate it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm glad you went into knowing well, I'm what But it's love similar it. to like The Godfather or something where I wanted you to see something that you need to see. Right. And and that's what I can say. I, want, I can appreciate what was happening and I understand what they were doing for an entertainment value for someone that just consumes it. It just doesn't do anything for me. I, I did watch Westerns gr- while growing up. My grandparents watched Westerns. So I, I did watch Westerns, but even then they... It was hard for me to pay attention to Westerns. Now, I will say this one is done beautifully. I mean, it is a a great movie. And I think somebody that can pay attention and or somebody that really enjoys Westerns, this is a perfect movie. Um, I don't don't think this one's like necessarily like a genre movie. Like you have to be into Westerns to enjoy it. This is an awards movie Mm -hmm. to me. I interpret it very much as a movie that would win an Oscar. Yeah. But I can see that. Yeah, I mean it's that's I mean like Leone just had this in, innate ability, like he knew how to make a movie. And, yeah, it's, and it's definitely and hired. It's beautiful. Yeah, like yes, and yeah, like the way you know, like they go to the flashbacks of what happened to our harmonica's brother and how, you know, he's mm-hmm. hanging, and then they at the end, and like it's just it's so I don't know cinema. Yeah, you know? and, and I love that it's one of the few westerns where. It has a female protagonist. Right. Like she's yeah. really the main character. I did yeah. not see her surviving. Claudia like Cardinale is amazing. Yeah, I was surprised she like survived. It was a choice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. the way that she plays, like when she's first riding up and she's seeing the the fam- like she's seeing the homestead and the family's gunned down and like right. and he just focuses on her face. Like yeah. the whole mm-hmm. for the whole ride. And you see the heartbreak in her face. It's that's acting. Like that's you can't Right. You know, they're stage acting. And then there's acting for film, and they're entirely different mm-hmm. yeah. ways to, like, you know. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I meant earlier when I said I'm trying to find the right words to not make it seem like I'm just ripping this movie apart. Because as a movie and as a cinematic experience. masterpiece or experience, masterpiece works too. I, I, mean, I mean, honestly, it is great in that sense. It's just a thing that I have an issue paying attention to. So it's not something I would put on like you said, as a consumer, to just, for entertainment. Yeah. I think you go into it either, like, a, I mean, I just said Westerns, because if you like Westerns, it's I mean, yeah, probably like you're going to pick this up. This is top tier. I mean, right. This is, exactly. I think it's the best Western ever made. Google agrees with you, or says it's in the top. 
I, I feel like it's it. one of those movies where if you put it on and you're not paying attention, like you kind of, if you're putting it on, you're not paying attention. I feel like though, every time you look up, uh, like every shot is beautiful. Right. Like it's all pretty. It's all well done. The, like the sound mixing is cicadas for mm. me, sort of just take me into anime typically when I like hear them, Oof. but they're really commonly used in anime soundtracks. Don't know why, but it's like a thing. Oh, the oof um, was to anime. Not oh, the, the, the cicadas. Oh. But the cicadas, like, you know, it's like they would get, it's a really great like use of a sound cue to have this like bug that gets oppressively loud when you're trying to draw like yeah. the audience into the because it's when there is like they use it when there's dialogue but like yeah. it's it's like the way horror movies cut the volume back so you have to lean in it's that same kind of thing like you lean in to hear what they're saying over this like oppressively loud like droning noise going in the background yeah. and it's, it kind of leads this but yeah. it feels natural because it's not a music swell it's not you know. You're in the inhabiting the world with them instead of like, you know, just right. Yeah, the you know, score was beautiful. It was nice. Yeah, like with it, it's the the piece of music. I mean, they play it a lot, but like when she first gets to town, and mm-hmm. you have the shot that shows like the the train depot, and then it right the crane rises above, and you see the whole town. It's just yeah, yeah. And that's what I say. It's not. It's not that I'm saying it's a horrible movie. It's just. For me, it, it's a very specific kind of movie. It is, yeah. and for me, I mean, I don't like it. And of course, I, I mean, I can't say I, like, I don't. I love hated it, the but movie. You can appreciate it for what it is, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like you can I see, say this is a great movie. Yeah, that's how I feel about it too. Yeah, I could say that it, this is probably a great movie for someone that would like something like this. But for me, it was so painful. It was like three hours, and it was. Not much dialogue, and oof, it was painful. It is, I don't want to say slow, it's languid. Like, it takes yeah. its time. It's but, a slow burn. But, but like, I in think, a good way. Yeah. That's like, what I was going to say. I mean, I, mean, I yeah. think it, it's supposed to be, and it makes sense, and well, I like, it just loses me. I mean, it's just the way that films used to be made where you nothing got in a hurry, and you mm-hmm. let things breathe. Like someone walks into the bar and it's just like we see them walking. Like it, there's, you know, there's very few directors that do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Where just, everything just needs to be information, information. Just get the information. It's like mm-hmm. no, you have to let the actors live in the set or live in the location right. and you get sucked in. Yeah, you take notice of like what's going on here and what does this mean? What is like yeah. the color of that mug? Does that mean something? Is shirt or, you know, I mean, there's more to film than just plot. Yes. Right. Like you need character and character, not just in the people, but in the locations, the score, the sound, the colors. Like there's more to film than just vapid content, right. which is uh, what most movies are anymore. So. And what most consumers enjoy. What most consumers enjoy is vapid content. What new shows this week? Who cares? It's the same thing that was on last week. Right. Or like we're all just in They Live It. Or we're just remaking the same thing over, like, you know. Yeah. Right. I mean, just oh, now yeah. have, like, you know, how There's I like five or ten movies every year that I'm, like, excited about. Yeah. And it's, like, it's less and less every year. Like, 20 years ago, I used to go to the movies, like, every weekend. Yeah. So I'd usually probably see at least 50 movies a year in the theater. And but I... Now it's like 12, maybe. Yeah. Well, I will say even that, though, even from my point of view, which is different than your point of view, and just like I was talking about going to the movies with my friend this weekend, it was, I, I, it's, 
there's nothing out there, I feel like. Mm-mm. No, I mean, not unless And you're... not in a cinematic way and not for a consumer either. Like, yeah. it's just been there, done that, it's or a, badly a, done it. Yeah, I mean, it's either, like, what's the, like, now it's like a, well, there's a Fast and Furious. Right. Fast you, and Furious, like, 40. Ten, well, 11, if you count Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Lord. Was there Evil Dead? There's Mario. Little Mermaid comes out. And it's like crap that I've seen for right. okay 30 years ago or that we've seen what done way too much in the last 20 yeah. years. And it's just like... That's man, what I'm saying. It's, it's not, not much it's, catching attention make even. Make something new. And it's like, well, we'll recast. This is, uh, you know, just make something new. Yeah. You don't need to make Little Mermaid again. Make make a make a new film with a yeah. new story. I mean, it can have like I mean, it's going to always kind of follow. It's Disney or whatever. It's always going to kind of follow a story uh, in a way. You know? yeah. I mean, it's going to be familiar, but like at least do something new with it. Right. You don't need to keep reading. I mean, they did put Melissa McCarthy in it, so I'm thinking good move there. Apparently, she's great in it. Yeah. From what I've I heard. feel like she would be a good Ursula. I I do. I think that she could. Do I, well. I do see her as a. I think it would be good. I'm, Ursula I is funny. That like that's kind of like yeah. the lean in there. But the Ursula in the animated movie, you're not going to top that. No. Right. Why try? Like, why I, I get what you're saying there. I think they have to go to remake bad things. <laughs> yeah, ones that didn't hit. Let's yeah, try or those ones again. that were like, eh, maybe wasn't the best, but we can do better. No. Yeah. I'm looking through like a list of movies made in 2023, and it really has been a. Uh, there's I mean, like, there's not. There's about five of them that I'm looking forward to, and it's like Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, which you will probably like because it's about okay. a murder. It's three hours long. It's Scorsese, Oof. but it's about it's based on a really good book. I've seen a Scorsese now, haven't I? You've seen Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. That one wasn't horrible. Uh, I want to see Barbie. I see the Barbie. I'm curious about Barbie. I am too. The first trailer, I was There's like, a oh, lot this of looks really like, in it. like I break, think break uh, the fourth wall kind of stuff. A yeah. new one came out at noon. Did it? Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but clearly I've been sitting Also, here. they released way too many trailers. <laughs> this is just going to be Josh going on a rant. Too many trailers. Yeah. Like, there's like four trailers for The Flash. And like, I've already seen the movie. Right. Yeah. I, I do agree with that. I feel like anymore, and that's another thing that goes into it, anymore, the movies, I think I lose interest in seeing them because I see so much in the trailers. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well. Too much away. Feel like I already know the story. But I think I think Barbie looks like it's going to be interesting. In a, in I a, like Dungeons and Dragons. Away. That was... Yeah, I'm I'm kind of looking right. forward to watching it because I heard it was, it was I mean, good. I heard it was really good. You guys said it was really good, but it, it was looked funny. awful, so I didn't go see it. I That's, think you know, that needed a better everyone play. I know that has watched it that has played D&D liked it. Yeah. It. Like, I don't think I know anyone who didn't like it. The trailer was awful. It was so bad. Yeah. So, and sometimes the trailers are just not good. Like, I feel like they've yeah. lost the art of making a movie trailer. Everything's like, like it's oh, the same yeah. music they use. It's the same, like, builds, 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 and then it cuts, and then yeah. there's a joke, and it's like. It's the same. Everything is yeah. everything is the same anymore. Right. That's why it's like if it's like a new Chris Nolan or Scorsese or something like it's like that's an event for me because it's like yeah. ah it's or you know Spielberg. It's like somebody that really knows how to make a movie. It's I guess Furiosa is no, that's next year. What is it? Um, it's next year is Furiosa. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm pumped for that. And I guess there's a Bob Ross movie coming out this year, or has come out this year. <laughs> oh, with uh, yeah, it's got um, Owen Wilson. Yeah, Owen Wilson. Interesting. Called Paint. Called Paint. Is it uh, supposed to be a comedy, or? It looked pretty goofy. Yeah. Hmm. And then there's a horror movie called Malum, which I've never seen, but it looks like it might be good. I mean, Air was good. That was. I didn't see that yet. That film. is one I really want to see. That was really good. I th- I, mean, I feel like Air also has appeal because. 
I think it was one of those kind of movies that appeals to someone like you and someone like me. Like the trailer made it seem like there was enough for just about anybody to enjoy that movie. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a really good movie. Like it's just it, it kind of is like a little bit of like a throwback for me because it's like oh this is a movie kind of made for adults. It's yeah. not like dumb. And yeah, like, I need not, to see not that. a remake or a sequel. It's just like it's an original film, and I'm really glad they put it in theaters because it was an Amazon movie. Oh, they I put didn't it know in that. Theaters and it did pretty well. That's awesome. But I was happy about that. Cool. I'm trying to think of like modern movies that have a similarly like languid. Um, pacing. I mean, Tarantino does it really well. Yeah, like, I was thinking takes... Reservoir Dogs was like well, the also was one of the first ones that comes up if you Google it. But Reservoir Dogs is a good one. I mean, Hateful Eight, especially like the mm-hmm. everything's like wide shots, takes his time, doesn't get in a hurry. Let's lets the scenes play out. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it's very similar. Like there's and Scorsese does it really well. Nolan's very more interested in timelines and editing and like juxtaposing like different like Dunkirk Tarantino was funny he watched Dunkirk and he was like mm-hmm. I didn't get it until like the third time because <laughs> he's like the whole time he's like you don't know it but he's 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 editing two different timelines simultaneously yeah. you don't really get it until the very end and it's like this big moment and it's like I was like oh, I, I guess like playing. No Country for Old Men also is yeah, got that same movie. like language pacing and yeah. then explodes and there's, that's, that's an interesting one because there's like no score Mm-mm. Like there's it's like just, one or two pieces of music. That's one of Joe's favorite movies. movies. I am, I I have the same like I had the same thing I kind of had with this where it's like it's hard for me to get into it because it's hard to maintain focus that long, right. uh, unless I'm just in the mood to like really absorb. That's like a, if I'm going to absorb a movie like this, I have to have no distractions the lights have to be off yeah yeah basically yes i need to it needs to be an event of going to go see the thing yeah. and then i will love it but if i'm trying to like watch it in my house with access to my phone and like right. it's too easy and to and that we've talked about that i think recently on the podcast is i like going to the movies to see mm-hmm. movies it's the best place to see a movie. And I think it always will be. And I think it was Josh that said it's probably because I have no distractions and you know, things like that. And it it's just like you're sitting there in front of a big screen that's showing the movie. What else are you going to do? Yeah. So I mean, unless you're just rude and play on your phone the whole time, but oh, I hate that. I'm not that. I hate those people. Then you yeah. get your phone thrown out. Yeah. Should. Mid mid Also your children, if they yes. cry through the whole thing and it's an adult movie, they should be thrown out. I agree. Yes. Yeah. This is why I like Alamo Draft House, because if they catch you on your phone, but you're that was awesome. we used to do that at um the Nickelodeon if because we had to actually sit in the You worked at Nickelodeon? Not not a the, Nickelodeon. It's, it's like a, a Nickelodeon. It's a kind of theater. A, oh, oh I <laughs> I was like, shut up, I never knew that. I, I, I was too. Um, she was the one that pulled the bucket. So <laughs> Nickelodeon, both the name for the Slummer. for the channel and for theaters in general. So it used to cost a so Odeon is theater, it used to call nickel. Yeah. So I used to work at an art house theater that was called the Nickelodeon because it was a like revamped 1920s theater that like That's cool. it yeah. was not a nickel. I think it was like five dollars for most of our tickets, which it's was like nowadays still a good nickel. deal. That's not bad. Um, yeah, that's not bad. That's what I say. Nowadays, nickel. <laughs> yeah. And we got like art house films and stuff. So we would, uh, when we would start the show, you had to go to the projection booth to actually start the show on the, like, you know, there wasn't always a projector. Sometimes it was a, you know, the tape or the, um, or the disc that they give you now. Yeah. But we still like manually started the show and we would watch from up there. And if we saw people's phones light up, we would go and tell them 
you need to put that away or you need to get out. As we could see, you know, I appreciate that. Because, yeah. like, it's it's distracting if the and person in front of you has a super bright screen, right? Like, that's lighting up while you're trying to like watch a movie. Like, yeah. it's it's a lot. It's the same thing with people. And I get like wanting to like record a concert, but like, I hate going to oh a concert. Oh my gosh. It's so and nice. everybody's like phone is up in the way. Like, what's like, wrong with just experience? Like, just I know, I will say, watching with I'll take a photo eyes. or something real quick or something, but like, I don't need to video yeah. the whole they're thing. never going to watch those videos again either. No, they're so, going to look and sound awful. So, yeah. I think when, when you're like at a concert, I do find that very annoying. However, most concerts I've seen are on YouTube from people taking those videos. <laughs> so True. I am also a consumer of watching videos that people take while they're at concerts. But in person, I find it very annoying. I find it <laughs> frustrating. But yeah, no, I like like with it, when it's a movie that is meant to be like high art, I think there is some and especially if the pacing is going to be languid. I feel the same way about like. The Lighthouse and Midsummer kind of fall in the same thing, too. It's yeah. like, if there are distractions, I'm going to lose focus on this, and it's not going to be as arresting as yeah. this. Yeah. The Witch is also very slow pace. It is. There it have is. been a couple horror movies lately that have slow pacing with big notes and moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, this is still one of the... This is one of the few that are left on my bucket list to watch in a theater. What? Once upon a time in the West. Oh, they probably oh, yeah. do that flashback cinema with it. Oh, I would. You I'd probably, love to see this on thirty-five mil. You could probably just rent it yeah. out. Rent it out. That, that might be a birthday too. thing. Watch Maybe it on. It a... But <laughs> getting back to our movies, Once Upon a Time in the West, or Once Upon a Time in what? Did I say that? The West. Once Upon a Time in the West. In the West, I said a West. So I mean, overall, it's it's you know a good movie for people that would like that kind of movie. For people that like yeah. good movies. Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> For someone that really in looks past and just doesn't consume, I think this is a great movie. Oh, this is one of the things I love, what Leone would do. So Morricone, the composer, composed the score to the screenplay. Um, and the plot was changed to fit his score. Hmm. That doesn't happen. No. That's amazing. The farmhouse location... Turns up in Raiders of the Lost Ark as Marion's bar in Nepal. Yeah. Well, that's huh. kind of cool. That's neat. I think it's neat to see things like that. Like you with Romeo and Michelle, you mentioned the shirt that was also in Scream mm-hmm. yeah. or this location that's also in another movie. I, I think that's neat to see that and see the way they change it a little bit or, you know, it's just neat that they reuse. I know it's probably like for cost cutting to reuse stages and things like that, but I, I always like that. I mean, they just don't make them like that anymore. They didn't really make them like that then. What? I didn't know that like he was. The movie, I was just looking, and I didn't know that uh, Leone was the second unit director on Ben Hur. Yeah, yeah, because they shot a good bit of that in Italy, I think. A bunch. It of... might have been where they had the uh, the uh, the Coliseum. They might have filmed it there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, and he. Like he had made the the Dollars trilogy, and this was kind of like his big magnum opus, I think. Yeah, I mean, he did Once Upon a Time in America later, which with uh, De Niro and uh, James Woods and Joe Pesci, and it's a gangster film. It's like four hours long. It's amazing. Oh, oh, uh, so yeah. good. That sounds brutal. It's a terrific film. Like the, it's similar to the, it's very similar to this, <laughs> in that it's very poetic and yeah, and long. 
It's long. I mean, you can break it up. Yeah. It jumps back and forth in time a lot. So did they like? I <laughs> did Joe Pesci and De Niro like exclusively do gangster movies together? They just happened <laughs> to be in them. Like Joe Pesci, De Niro is like the main character. Yeah. In Once upon a time. Because they also did Goodfellas with the and two of them Raging, and Ray Liotta. Raging, Raging Bull isn't isn't gangster movie, but they nice, were in that. True. But no, I don't know. They just it's probably like you know De Niro worked with Pesci and Raging Bull, and he's like, yeah, let's. I think he'd be great for this. And but like Treat Treat Williams is great. Jennifer Connelly. It was like her first movie, I think. Pre Labyrinth. Still haven't seen. I have not. I just was reading here that the role of Harmonica was actually offered to Clint Eastwood, where we were talking about the difference between Clint and Charles Bronson earlier, Mm -hmm. and he turned it down because he was no longer interested in working with Leone, and I'm really glad he did. Like I think that was perfect, and also. On the flip side, Charles Bronson had previously turned down Fistful of Dollars for yeah. a few dollars so, more and Good, Bad, and Ugly. When we get, when we do watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, there'd mm-hmm. be a lot of, to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As far as like, because that movie's kind of based in part on like Charles Bronson or Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Like they were, they were TV stars and then they got offered to go over to Italy to make some spaghetti westerns or some mm-hmm. kind of knockoff James Bond kind of like spy movies. Yeah. In Italy, and then they came back, and they're big stars. Like those mm-hmm. movies made them stars, right? And so it's similar to what, ha- like this is this to is what this is a happened. part of like what really happened. Yeah, yeah that's where well, it's like the drawing for the name, right? Is like you know, yeah, you know. yeah. Well, I just think, uh, I mean, for this movie, it ended up being great that yeah, I Clint can't... dropped out, and Charles finally said yes. Yeah, because like, I can't it... imagine Clint Eastwood in this. No, Mm-mm. I mean, because Bronson he... just has that, like we talked about, that perfect face yeah. for to be somebody that just mainly talks through harmonica and tells their story with their eyes. And like, he, I mean, his main goal is revenge. Like, he wants to kill the man that killed his yeah brother, and that's not who the man with no name who Eastwood was. Like, it's right. not they're not revenge films. They're just everyone's kind of scraping back and forth to like in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly to get to the treasure, you know? Right. It's it's not a personal vendetta. And Bronson's face just, it just works for that. He, I mean. But clearly, because he did. That's all, what I was going to say. All the 48 dead with death wishes and yep. all the other ones that are basically <laughs> death wish. Yeah. So. With a different name. This is a really good fun fact. Sergio Leone likes to tell the story of a cinema in Paris where the film ran uninterrupted for two years. When he was at the theater, he found himself surrounded by fans who wanted to autograph, as well as the projectionist, who was less than enthusiastic. <laughs> he, the projectionist told him, I'll kill you. The same movie over and over for two years, and it's so <laughs> slow. Um, <laughs> I'm the pre- That's like anything. Because like then you movie. had to sit and watch them as the film ran through. Right. Like, that's what it's like to make the movie, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you yeah. have to watch it over and over. Like, you're watching this scene or this shot for days. Yeah, that's what yeah. it's like but to make this podcast. That's what I was going to say. That's what I feel bad about for Toby. Like, she has to listen to my voice over and over. Yeah. <laughs> the same section, 19 times. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Usually. Well, I'm glad that you <laughs> at least see the value, even if you don't like it. That means a lot to me. Yeah, I think you're slowly teaching me things, I guess. Good. Ryan, <laughs> this was a teachable moment, as so yeah. I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I think it was neat having these two movies that were totally opposite. Completely. And you might say real opposites. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And Jordan's coming on the podcast. Yeah, he's now just going to be hired as uh, Zinger. We just need you here for Zingers. Yeah. <laughs> but I and and just to see something that you really love and something that you really love and the difference in them and yeah. That's what we do here, but it's, it's it was fun. Well, I guess then that will bring us to the end of the discussion about the movies for this week, which were Remy Michelle's High School Reunion, High School Reunion, and Once Upon a Time in the West. The West. I want to thank Jordan for joining us this time. It was really fun having you on the podcast, and hopefully yeah, you've exactly enjoyed fun it too. Yes, and you can come back again sometime. Yeah, you know where to find me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just, just a few steps to the right. <laughs> Very true. And jump to the left. Oh, uh, and cha cha real smooth. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dance instructor. I am a freestyle yeah. dance instructor. That's true. <laughs> so I guess now we're gonna we need to pick movies for next time. Next yeah. time we're gonna. We have summer reading going on, which you probably heard about in the announcements, I'm going to assume. But we have summer reading going on, and the themes for this summer is cryptids and West Virginia history for the adults. And it's called Weird and Wonderful West Virginia. And the theme for the youth is space. Reading Rocket. And it's the Reading Rocket. So we're going to do this summer, we're going to do two themed episodes, Mm -hmm. and our next episode is going to be the space-themed episode. So we both have to pick space movies. I've learned... I love space. I have since I was a kid. I was in Young Astronauts, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, I, I love space. I need pictures. <laughs> I don't, I mean, we just wore our regular clothes. It was just a school club. I know, but I don't know. <laughs> you still need pictures? I'll see what I can see. find. Um, there's probably one from COSA, actually. I or, love COSA. Or Wonderworks. One of those had a, yes, COSA's amazing. It is. But I did learn that even though I love space, I was looking through lists last night of all, like, space movies ever in existence and i have seen literally maybe three so this was rough for me wow because i had to come to the realization that for some reason i guess it's because i don't watch movies there's so many space movies out there that i didn't even realize it i need to watch those but i did come across one that i think would be probably my favorite space movie and i'm sure you've seen it but we're still going to go with it and i have chosen mars attacks (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) all right i've seen i saw mars attacks in the theater oh that's awesome i want to see it 96 okay i watched it and it's probably been maybe four or five years yeah that's about how long since i've watched it Uh, so i'm hoping it holds up and i still like it but (laughs) i mean literally it was like mars attacks galaxy quest i've seen most of i can't even remember if i've seen all of it oh yeah armageddon and I mean, Toy Story, if you count Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> we don't. We don't. <laughs> the toy is not from space. <laughs> but there's like scenes where he battles Zorg in space. In Toy Story 2? I don't opening know. A Toy Story one of them. They're all one movie to me. No, I, I, I'm fine with Mars Attacks because okay. I'll allow it. Well, Also, Jim Brown recently. Also, not really your decision. You don't really get a choice. <laughs> You'll be watching well, Mars Attacks. <laughs> Jim Brown passed away, so it'd be nice to watch a movie with him again. Yeah, that's but, uh, what Todd actually said, too. All right, Mars Attacks. Yeah. So I'm going to kind mm. not have you watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. Okay, that's good, because that sounds I long. gave you one very slow, methodical film. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have you watch Starship Troopers. Okay. Which I think you will probably like, because you liked Robocop. 
Mm-hmm. You like Showgirls, mm-hmm. both Paul Verhoeven movies. Oh, okay. Starship I didn't Troopers realize that. Is Paul Verhoeven the movie he made after Showgirls? Mm-hmm. So after That's interesting. After he spent all this money on Showgirls, and they released his NC-17, and it did not do well, <laughs> Sony was like, here, take $100 million. Make a space Nazi movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> With giant bugs. And that's what he did. Okay. And it's awesome. Before we even get into it, I want to point out that Starship Troopers was originally bug squashing at Outpost 9 or whatever hmm. um, was the name of the script. And then their, the Starship Ship Troopers book was... Like uh, I optioned very fascist and got optioned, yeah. and so they smushed them together, and it's it's perfect. That's perfect. funny. Okay. I think you'll like it. Okay, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So it's like funny, a parody, That's funny, kind funny of. parody, satire. Okay, like, but it, like still, like the monsters and everything is like yeah. it's, it's still young... him with like a hundred million dollar budget, and it, like it looks like the the effects are still better than most movies now. Like, okay. they're really incredible. That sounds interesting. It's got a young Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. It's got. Doogie Howser, Nazi MD. It's <laughs> got Denise Richards. It's okay. not that that's a selling point, really. She's I mean, a those are actress, but she's fun. <laughs> those are um, names that I know. Yeah, which is usually a selling Clancy point. Clancy Brown. It's got Michael Ironsides in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is, but that's a cool last name. It's got. It um, I'm going to change my. It's a Canadian my actor. Um, it's got uh, the uncle or the brother from Breaking Bad. The There's a brother in it. Oh, uh, oh, uh, the cop. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, the cop. Yeah, the FD or yeah, he's one of the like admirals or yeah, he's in it. Okay, that's a good one. I mean, this sounds like possibly yeah, something I, think, I like. I think you'll like. I've watched this like two times this month already, so <laughs> I'll go for it. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, it's very like, much in the vein of like RoboCop. RoboCop was one that I really liked, and I actually picked up on all the references too. Yeah, because they were kind of easy, but not. It's not like you could miss them, but Paul Verhoeven is not subtle. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, so that'll be our episode next time. Yeah, in a couple weeks. So come back, watch those movies. Of course, we always think you should watch those movies if you're going to come back and listen because you'll know what we're talking about. But you don't and have we to watch spoil the movies. It. You can just come and enjoy the spoilers if you want to. Yeah. I mean, if you just love my voice and just want to hear it again. We're, we're just a modern day movie trailer. <laughs> we're going to spoil the whole thing for you. Exactly. All the good stuff happens here. Yeah. So that's it for us this time. So until next time, I'm Aaron. I'm Josh. And this has been The Real Opposites. Oh, this-